Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 476, October 13, 2020. It was 84 degrees on this day in 1956. And uh, boy, 1917 was a cold year. It was 22 degrees on this day Ooh. in oh, 1917. Oh. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I got a nice note from Al Horseman, who, uh, corroborating... You leaf peepers from yesterday uh, <laughs> sent me a beautiful photo uh, from Lake Edna, northwest of Niswa, and it was very soothing. Very soothing photograph of the uh, nice. the uh, chlorophyll changing, whatever it does. Say, uh, might as well get right to it. How we doing, brah? Well, uh, there's a guest editorial in the Star Tribune today by a guy named Marcus Hunter, Marcus Hunter the second, and. Uh, it's called Imagine You Are a Black Male Teen. And let me start by saying, well, I won't say it. I'll wait. Imagine being looked down upon by your society as the aggressor in every situation. Imagine not being able to step outside of your home without feeling as if you have a target on your back, fearing that you will be shot where you stand. Imagine that every time you walk down the street in a city you call home, you are constantly and anxiously looking over your shoulder, wondering if the next couple of steps you take will be your last. I'm a 17-year-old African-American man with ambition and a determination to be heard and to stand up for his black brothers and sisters collectively. This is our reality every day in the United States of America. Let me stop right there. I feel sad that this young guy feels this way. Yeah, me too. I just feel sad. I don't like when kids are hurt. No. Imagine watching the news or monitoring social media and seeing your seeing somebody. Uh, oh God, you know who is trying to call me right now, Reeves? Right now? Uh, no, you're kidding me. No, the guy from. <laughs> yep. Doc Ford. Yep. Well, sorry, pal. <laughs> oh. Imagine oh. watching the news. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait. That could be more important than this. <laughs> maybe I should wait. take it. No. I, uh, no. Maybe you should. No. Let's. Uh, let's. We could always start over. No. Yeah. <laughs> scratch this <laughs> or, or no you know what it is you know what it is uh it, it goes back to the theory of people that call you when they know you're doing your show right because right. they know so, you're not going to answer the phone right yeah but this guy would not have known that well i'm just saying you know what let him wait that'll, yeah. that'll show who's more important that's, that's right. right that's right okay <laughs> imagine watching the news or monitoring social media and seeing somebody who looks just like you being killed you know you know that could be you in a body bag. Imagine, imagine watching your black brothers and sisters being dehumanized in unimaginable ways, slammed onto the street by the police, covered in blood, pleading for mercy. This is your so-called protection, law enforcement, that you depend on for safety. Imagine feeling like the whole world is against your prosperity and facing constant reminders that you will never succeed in life. Picture the following. 
You're walking down the street of your own neighborhood headed to the gas station or grocery store. You are not bothering anyone and your only focus is getting to your destination. You come across a group of black men at a stop sign on the way to the store. As you are walking toward them, they stare you down intently. You are stopped. One of them comes forward and asks you who you with, what you set. You have no response. I presume that means what gang does he hang with? Might be. Right. What's your set? As you're walking, uh, you have no response. Nervousness, nervousness and fear kick in. You do not have an answer to give that to give to the man questioning you. I'm not with all that, you say. Uh, moments like those drown your mind. And uh, Okay, again, I'm sad for this guy. Uh, he seems to, uh, he goes to a private school. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what. Uh, if anyone knows Marcus Hunter II and you want to get to him, I'd love to talk to him. Uh, maybe he goes to deal with Sal for all I know. I have no idea. He also says nobody in his family has uh, gone beyond high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but this kid is very focused academically, and, and uh, he wants achievements and accolades, and he really wants it to be successful and make it out of, you know, uh, the place he is in life. Here's another sadness that he expresses. I face the constant reminder that I am not good enough to live a life in America. To be black is emotionally and mentally draining on levels that are unexplainable. We are in a so-called free society where I have never truly experienced freedom. I do not feel free. I do not know what freedom is. I'm afraid of the world I live in, afraid of what will happen to me tomorrow. Every day I wake up to these thoughts and I go to sleep with them. I, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry you feel this way, but I think you've... Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm intending to be as charitable as possible here because the overarching concern I have is that I do believe that Marcus uh, experiences these feelings. Right. I, I don't think he's making them up, but I think Marcus... Uh, you're underestimating yourself. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I certainly uh, would never hold back your prosperity, uh, I, and everybody I know would not. I also sense that you have pretty much accepted every cliche that you've ever heard, and it's it's not true. It's not true that that you need to be afraid of the world or narrow it down. The irony, Marcus, is that you seem to have the most fear right in your own neighborhood. Yeah. You're running into your neighbors who can be menacing to you, and you're fighting a good fight, apparently. You're, you're not going to be some kid that's at 2 in the morning is going to hijack a car and steal it. You, you sound like your nose is to the grindstone and you wish to succeed, and I think you're burdening yourself with thoughts that you don't need to have. Now, I, I understand, uh, that's easy for me to say, I, I, I understand that, but you, some of your concerns are so so overwhelmingly uh, not true that I, I think you're depriving yourself of some happiness. Uh, I, 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 I wish I could talk to him in person and say, do you really, really believe that, that uh, the United States of America is rooting against you? Uh, on the contrary. Uh, the United States of America is the only place in the world where pretty much you're going to experience this kind of liberty where you can achieve and prosper. And I have no doubt that you cannot do that. And to see yourself, to see that you're so consumed by your fear is a sadness, a terrible sadness. And again, it, it seems ironically from your own neighborhood. Right. Where you fear being shot, for example. Really, right. uh, you, 
There's many neighborhoods, Marcus, in the Twin Cities where no matter what race you are, you would not fear being shot. That was my first reaction, paragraph three. Every time you walk down the street, and I got to tell you, when I read this, I was PO'd. I I was mad at Marcus. Uh, But that third paragraph, uh, imagine that every time you walk down the street and you see you call home, you're constantly and anxiously looking over your shoulder. Well, I've been doing that for a while, Marcus, uh, and I'm a cracker on the south side in just a boring old working-class mixed-race neighborhood. Uh, So that's everybody. So you're describing everybody's experience there, Marcus. And then the paragraph where you left off, Such, I face the constant reminder that I'm not good enough to live a life in America. To be black is emotionally and mentally draining on levels that are unexplainable. We are in a so-called free society where I have never truly experienced freedom. I really got PO'd at Marcus at this point, uh, and I, I, I can't even really put it into the proper words. You are much more eloquent, but I, I wanted to scream at him, no, no, no. Uh, you're absolutely good enough, just like the rest of us, and there's no reason you should feel that. And in this free society... Uh, uh, you know I don't know this, what to tell to you. You know where Marcus? this leads me. You know where this leads me. Where? Go ahead. He's been. It would be my suspicion, because I haven't been able to speak to him directly. He's been subjected to too much less than. You're right. He's been subjected to too many supposedly virtuous progressives, who have treated him and his soulmates condescendingly and disingenuously. Uh, I can link this young man's thoughts uh, to a story where we learn that uh, St. Paul Mayor uh, Melvin Carter is featured in new Biden ads with a consortium of other black mayors in the country. And before I, I even read this, I thought to myself, this could be an Onion headline or the Babylon Bee, how you have the audacity uh, to uh, appear in an ad and then be boastful about your city is beyond my comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you have nothing to be boastful about. And Marcus, you have been ruled in Minneapolis way before you were born. You've been ruled in Minneapolis by progressives for the, at least the last 45 years. And will someone tell me what has been accomplished? It's only getting worse. And now you have this consortium of black mayors who obviously, predictably, of course, they're not going to vote for Trump, but they're going to endorse Biden. But it's 13 mayors, including the mayor of Atlanta, San Francisco, San Francisco Washington, D.C., New Orleans, Chicago, oh. Denver, and Houston. One ad is all female mayors, one is all male, and one is a mis- mashup of the other two ads. We've heard our sisters Carter says, from a perch on the city's west side with St. Paul's skyline as his backdrop. There just happens to be nobody in those buildings. He adds later, (laughs) black women vote more than black men as part of the male-directed message to to urge their fellow fellas and brothers to turn out and vote for Biden and his running mate, Kamala Harris, whose parents are from Jamaica and India. So clearly what this is, is a a group of mayors, a group of American mayors, a group of mayors uh, in cities closest to the country's tallest buildings who uh, quite simply uh, know no other political dynamic than the politics of of gender and race, uh, politics of identity. And and Biden, of course, would be their best hope 
to uh, endorse their emotional belief that the politics of identity should overcome the politics of reality. So here we are with the this same crowd, Marcus, this same crowd that has been running Minneapolis for 45 years. They want more. Why don't you, uh, Marcus, your editorial could just as easily have uh, uh, contained many of your thoughts, which are moving. They're very moving. But many of your thoughts, you could also have said, why have we kept voting for these same people when I'm fearing uh, life in my own neighborhood? Yeah. This is, uh, again, I cannot emphasize enough. I feel, I feel warm for the kid. I, you know, I'm not a hugger, but I want to say, hey, kid. Just trees, hey, just trees. Yeah, it's just trees. But, kid, it's not that bad. But what needs to change is who you're going to choose to follow. Who are you going to choose to to run your city? It's being run by incompetent people who keep bringing more and more of this misery into your life. And 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 it's a joke that these 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 mayors in Chicago. Are you kidding me? It's a war zone. San Francisco with a, with a homeless problem that's so incredible they don't know what to do. St. Paul where there's not much life left in the in between the shadows. There's there's people in St. Paul who've office down there for years who who are trying to move out. Right. They don't want to be there. And that's what's so frustrating because, you know, with this huge, you know, election that's coming up on us, Joe Biden's been in office for how many years, Joe? 50? 47 years. 47 years and you think that he's now going to end racism across the board. It's going to be taken care of. I'm not saying Trump doesn't have flaws, but people pull your head out of the sand. Well, what what has Trump accomplished in 47 years? You mean Biden? I'm sorry, Biden. Thank what you. has Biden accomplished in 47 years? Well, uh, the only thing I can tell is he's managed to get elected based on you know a fraudulent career. And he's had some. He's had heartbreaking moments in his life. He's had heartbreaking personal moments. There's no doubt that he's empathetic. Right, he's have. he's he's empathetic. Well, I think I think he's basically running in the belief that that alone will uh, bring about his victory. That his civility and his empathy will will bring about his victory, and it might very well. It might very well. But he really, other than the same old uh, progressive platform of raised taxes, what else has he got? What? <laughs> Not that Trump has laid out a plan, by the way. <laughs> Neither of them have really laid out a plan. No, but it's the system that's been in place that these people keep, you know, voting for, whether it's locally, nationally, whatever, and you keep expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. Trump actually does in the last four years have a record. Uh, he has a record he can stand on, and it's worthy of looking into. Mm-hmm. And casting a vote his way. I mean, his foreign policy, what he's done with uh, the European NATO allies, increasing um, their spending to a hundred billion. Uh, peace in the Middle done, East. Peace in the Middle East. Uh, he stood up to the terrorists. Uh, the economy. My God, the tax cuts in 2017. Dramatic job growth. Uh, what was the employment down to? 3.6 before COVID. The lowest in 50 years. So he, in the last three and a half years, actually has a thicker resume than Biden does. While simultaneously, the debt has outpaced the gross domestic product. And how much of that debt has been recently added on as part of 
uh, one COVID. hell of a, one hell of a lot of it. One yeah. hell of a lot of it. Yeah. Well, then we mentioned it few months we mentioned it yesterday these executive orders and it's not just in this state but he's just as guilty as all of them they keep extending these and that's 50 mil a pop every time and what is this we're in month what six now of two weeks to slow the spread right we even bought a morgue with it that won't even be a morgue that's all right <laughs> that i heard you say has a leaky roof and a you leaky know roof. that's going to be over a mil to fix that they better call aim high let's get back to marcus <laughs> let's get back to yeah. marcus yes sir marcus hunter the second uh, it angers me that I have younger cousins who have to experience constant gunshots on my north side neighborhood. Again, Marcus, that's not the United States of America shooting at you. It angers me that they will have to go through the same process of experiencing the weight of their blackness. These are things that run through my mind constantly. These are things that are part of me. I cannot escape. How can you ever get a break when you feel like your race is being hunted and you feel like a target is on your back every time you step out into the world? Imagine all of these things. Imagine it was your reality. Again, that's nothing but sadness for me. Uh, I, 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 I don't know what to say to him other than I think you're dramatically underestimating yourself. You're dramatically underestimating the freedom that you've enjoyed now for 17, 18 years. Yeah. I, I, I know there's fear in your neighborhood, but I, I wish you I wish you could disabuse yourself of that notion and, and think on a larger scale about why is Minneapolis continuing to be in a decline uh, culturally, socially, criminally? Why is Minneapolis continuing to be in a decline? Because for 45 years, it has been led by people who have done nothing uh, for you, Marcus, except condescend to you. And it hasn't benefited you. It hasn't helped you. And now you're, you're looking at a situation where uh, at least one of the twins, Fry would have jumped on the Biden thing too, but Fry's not black. But, so now you have a consortium, Marcus, of black mayors around the country. Marcus, are you aware of, the, of, the, uh, of what the reality of life is in urban America right now? In Portland, Seattle, mm-hmm. Chicago, New York, Minneapolis. This is, not, this is not brought upon us, Marcus, by some sort of systemic racism in America, which, which has a systemic racism problem that has been addressed and continues to be addressed like no other nation has ever addressed it in the world. It's a sin we're all aware of, and we keep working at it. But Marcus, the lives of, of, of young black males in urban America have not been helped by this continual pattern of voting for far leftist ideology. It has not paid off for you. It has not paid, and it never will. It can't because it's not based in reality. Reality is the path for you should be made clear so your schooling is great, uh, your educational opportunities are great, your uh, job uh, 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 placements are, are uh, fantastic, and, and your housing is up, your neighborhoods are safe. Marcus, you're ruled by people who want to get rid of the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everything, you, your reality now, Marcus, is not going to be your reality in three years, in 10 years, in 30 years. You're obviously a doer. You get things done. This kid is going to be successful. I mean, he, he. I guess he can't see the future that lies in front of him, but he's going to get an education. He's going to get a job. He's going to move out of the violent part of town, and he's going to live nor um, you know a basic normal life like the rest of us you know he 
people like who look like me. That's what one of his quotes in there. Mm-hmm. I know people that look like you, Marcus, mm-hmm. and their reality right now in their life, mid-30s, mid-40s, nothing like what you're experiencing. And they got to that point, like all of their neighbors of all races, through hard work and diligence and stubbornness, and I'm going to succeed no matter what. That kind of attitude. And the unfortunate part about that situation, Kenny, is I, you know, I, you guys know about my part-time gig that I had for a couple of years. I met so many kids that are just like Marcus that just wanted to get out of that cycle of BS. They didn't, they didn't want to be raised in it, but they knew, unfortunately, that they were stuck there for a while. And there are a lot of kids that are just like that, but, but they so just don't rem- know how to get out of it. And what Reavers just addressed, you remember what it was like in high school? I mean, for me, it was bleeping awful. Yeah. And the only thing that I could possibly do was keep my head down, keep my nose down, try to get out of here without getting any Fs and get the hell out of here and go to where I want to be and do what I want to do. Guess what? It was a lot of hard work, and it worked out. Okay. Marcus would would argue differently, I suspect. Uh, Because I'm white? Yeah. We can't can't deny the fact that Marcus has convinced himself that by being black, he's late out of the starting gate. He's a step behind the race. Uh, Most people I know have spent their whole lives... Working, writing, and talking to make that not the case, Marcus. Uh, What do you mean? I don't believe that because he's black, Marcus is automatically disqualified from this nation's liberties and prosperity. No, no, he seems to believe that. And what I have no business saying, what I have no business saying, because I'm not black is, well, I have already said it. I don't, I don't disbelieve anything Marcus is saying. I just think it's a shame he's saying it. I think it's a shame he's gotten to the point where he believes it. And uh, I don't know what to do for him. Uh, I would love to know what school he goes to. I would like to know uh, how, how he, I'm sure he gets along with his teachers and, and uh, his fellow students. He sounds like a guy who should have friends. He's articulate. He's bright. Uh, he seems to want to be, to get somewhere. Then don't, you're dragging around a sea anchor, Marcus. Yeah. yeah. Let it go. He has everything it takes to succeed just like the rest of us. Let it go, Marcus. All races, Let the sea anchor all colors, go. All sexes. Stop toting that thing around. Go back to the quote. Remember the story that you read about the three boys that carjacked the uh, the vehicle then unfortunately passed away as a result of it. Mm-hmm. And remember the quote that I mentioned, and it's, it's, it's resonating with me right now. The dad of one of the kids and the uncle of one of the other kids said they were great they were good kids they just needed guidance yeah and that's well, that's ringing true right now there's just well, so, it, it sounds to me like marcus has had guidance that, but that's what i'm saying but there are unfortunately marcus is a kid that probably has had it because he obviously seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders but the vast majority don't and that's the biggest problem right now it's not systemic racism it's not culture it's not politics it's guidance that's the biggest deterrent right now with that yeah. cult, with that society. Well, Marcus doesn't reference it, but uh, he he might very presumably come from a two parent family and some parents who are strict with him and or respect he, him. And, or if he's even from a one parent family, he's had guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, he, he's got yeah, yep. 
I am grateful for the rare opportunity to attend a private high school. But in that context, I feel very different from my peers, especially coming from the experience of poverty throughout my childhood. I have a constant feeling that I am alone and that I do not belong. I was not granted the same tools and opportunities that people who do not look like me were given. Well, apparently you were, Marcus. You're at that school. Right. It's made me feel very different from those around me. I felt excluded from certain conversations because of the experiences that I missed out on due to the disadvantages that come with being black and poor. Then, Marcus, you educate your peers. That's a perfect opportunity. You educate your peers. Well, isn't that a lot to ask for a kid? Well, no. I I mean, hey, 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 don't exclude me. I got some stories I'd like to tell you guys. Uh, whatever, I'm I'm riffing. But and again, I have to keep in mind that most woke black people, by woke I mean they would tend to lean progressive, mm-hmm. would admonish me for daring to have these thoughts because I'm not black. But the thoughts I have are that Marcus, you have burdened yourself with all of the baggage you've heard all your life. Exactly. That's resulted in this large sea anchor you're towing around behind you that's slowing you down. Uh, I don't think it's out of proportion or out of bounds to say to Marcus, enjoy your life. And he might say, well, yeah, but when I step outside my door, I'm going to run into some guys at the corner who might rough me up. And I don't I don't doubt him for thinking that way. Don't but, you? God, I, I'm flashing back on our buddy. You you guys both know Marvin. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. the listeners don't. Marvin yeah. worked uh, in the in the shop and building services. One of the and, hands down most entertaining people that works but, in this building, and he's not on the radio. Our frame of reference, <laughs> Marvin and I, our frame of reference was couldn't be any further apart, and we had great great fun telling each other stories about where we come from and our life and everything. Because he's talking about the ghetto, and I'm talking about rednecks out in the sticks. <laughs> and it, 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 our differences drew us together. And that's yeah. what was so awesome about hanging oh. with Marvin. Because as it turns out, we all had we kind of had the same wants and desires <laughs> and interests, even though we were completely different people. Oh, yeah. Great fun. <laughs> Marvin. <laughs> I've had to, I've had to, I've had to, more than most people, uh, well more than you, Kenny. Uh, I've had to, I've had to open my eyes. I mean, I, I, I grew up in a fairy tale existence. Who was I kidding? As I look back on it, you know, uh, one cop in town, and uh, uh, it was just uh, growing up. I thought, didn't everybody live like this? Yeah. <laughs> no, of course yeah, they did. Well, you of know, course what, they did. You just. Okay, right, yeah. No, the point I was going to make wasn't worth making. Well, Marcus, good luck. Uh, I feel terrible that you. F- I feel terrible that you feel terrible. It angers M- Marvin. Says that it, or not Marvin? I'm sorry, sorry, uh, Marcus. Did you read this paragraph? It angers me that I have younger cousins who have to yeah, experience constant gunshots. Uh, it it angers me too, Marcus. Yeah. It angers everybody. Uh, it, it, the only people it doesn't seem to anger is the city council and the mayor. Right. Oh, you did know, you see and, their and latest like Such said, keep that in mind. Did you see their latest deal now? Well, there's a lot of cops leaving because of disabilities, and then I guess the city has initiated uh, oh, yeah. uh, an activity force, the interrupters. 
Uh, I guess that what distinguishes them from uh, other uh, people is that they wear orange shirts. Yep. And apparently they're going to step in yep. and prevent uh, crime before it happens. Well, good luck to them. I, I would hope that might work. Well, there was, a, I think it was a WCCO piece uh, that I saw this morning where uh, Lisa Bender, you know, she's, she's here. She's going to save Minneapolis. And she said, I believe the quote was, crime spike isn't connected to the movement to dismantle MPD. And huh? I'm going to give her this. Uh, we don't know that. You are no, a we, clueless we absolute... fool, Lisa yeah, Bender. We... We absolutely do know that the two are related, and you're an idiot, Bender. Oh, she's just a fool, and you're—that's the council president. How does she have the balls to even say something so ignorant and expect us to buy it? When what's voting age in this country? Eighteen? Yes, sir. Well, Marcus is seventeen, but for all I know, he turns eighteen tomorrow. Uh, Marcus, uh, make yourself aware of a guy running in your fifth district, Lacey Johnson. What what in God's name has Ilhan Omar done for you? Right. What in God's name has she done? Is she aware of your concerns? Is she aware of the despair in your neighborhood? Is she aware of the violence in your neighborhood? Lacey Johnson what, uh, is is one of your answers, Marcus. Again, you're you're seventeen. And you might not be eighteen what? by November third. Oh my God! I wish I would have. You're, that's brilliant, Suits. You're right. Lacey has an answer. For every single paragraph that Marcus wrote, every mm-hmm. single one, and well, Kendall Qualls, it's Kendall Qualls, he has a great new radio ad that I heard today. By the way, have you guys heard his new radio ad? No, it's no. just it's all about the American story, or you know, the, the the true American dream. It's just phenomenal. It could not it could not be a better campaign ad. Man, I hope he wins. And, and Marcus, when you're when you're walking in virtually every other neighborhood in the Twin Cities, no one is going to say. What's your set? Who are you with? What's your set? You, you're not going to get asked that question. So it's a it's a real homegrown problem in North Minneapolis, apparently. Uh, just a shame. Just a shame. Because Marcus is describing his own neighborhood, but he's he's conflating that with the idea that the entire country is against him. No, the entire country is not against you, Marcus. Those guys on the corner are against you. Mm-hmm. I, I feel, and again, I feel terrible about that. I feel terrible about that. You know what he needs? What's that, bro? A Bentelli e-bike. A Bentelli e-bike. <laughs> oh, he, so he can speed it. around. You know, he, uh, he, he's coming up to the corner and he sees a bunch of guys. He, he cranks it, it in the fifth gear and goes <laughs> right by him. And it's Bentelli e-bike. Wow. See you, dummies. <laughs> Marcus, get out to EcoFun Motorsports at Forest Lake. It's right on his uh, 61. Right now, year-end sale on all scooters and electric bikes. The lowest prices and best selection right now. And the sooner you get there, the better. There, there's a new step-through 24-inch and 26-inch Bintelli electric bikes ready to go. Easy on and off for anyone. Forget the hills. Fat tire Bintelli bikes are great for hunters and off-road riders all year long. They can put studded tires on a fat tire Bintelli if you need to ride around Lake all, summer, all winter. All remaining, I don't know why you would, all remaining wild-side, old-school-looking electric bikes on year-end sale for $14.99. All Yamaha electric 
bikes on year-end sale for the lowest prices of the year, and the new 2021 Yamaha, Yamaha snowmobiles and ATVs are in stock and ready to take home to ride. And again, Tim Bloom and, and his staff at EcoFund Motorsports thanks the GLers who turned out in the month of September when EcoFund Motorsports devoted $100 from the purchase of every scooter and e-bike to uh, Eric Mishy's uh, counterclockwise spin down the river, hope on the river, uh, raising money for his spare key foundation. And uh, EcoFun, thanks to the GLers, came through in a big way. It's EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Hey, if you need a sign, they're going to get you a sign. We're talking about Fast Signs in Roseville. Joe and Marsha have owned and operated the Fast Signs in Roseville for over 20 years. They have an experienced staff who is skilled at providing quality signs to meet your business needs. If you need signage for an upcoming event, golf tournaments, fundraisers, whatever, they've got you covered. It's Fast Signs Roseville, and they're going to take care of you from concept to completion. Joe and Marsha are longtime GL listeners, and they would love Fast Signs Roseville to be the go-to sign provider for fellow GLers. From basic yard signs to branded visual communication projects, they are here to serve you. Check out their website right now, fastsigns.com slash 204. That will get you to the direct website for Roseville Fast Signs, or just give them a call directly at 651-631-1631. That's 651-631-1631. Fast Signs Roseville, more than fast, more than signs. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Suchere. Sometimes I speak doublespeak. When I say I don't mean to be overly urgent or start a panic, what I'm really saying is uh, uh, you need to be very urgent <laughs> and you need to start panicking right this moment. If you're thinking about that project with amiconstructionmn.com, for the love of all, get on the phone, get on the computer, make contact with <laughs> with Chris Miller right now, you GLers. Who boy, are you guys queued up for home improvement projects with Aim High this winter and into next spring? If you, oh, 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 you know what? If you can't wait, if it's a roof, uh, you better get a hold of Chris Miller. I, I mean, you know what? Put me on pause right now. Go to Aim High Construction MN and get a hold of Chris so you can get that roof on your on your joint before the snow uh, starts flying. Aim High, they do everything: decks, basements, kitchens, baths, and they they can help you out with. Design and planning and pricing. His crew can handle any job. Everything they did at my house was done using the finest quality materials available. And even better, they came in on budget and on time. So, yeah, like I said, you GLers, you filled out his calendar. They're super busy. They've been grunt offered, but you need to sign up with the very best. If you got some guy that says, yeah, I can get in and start your kitchen remodel uh, in the next two hours, you need to worry. Those guys are usually hacks. His name is Chris Miller. He's the best. His company is Aim High Construction. The website that leads you to eternal home happiness is aimhighconstructionmn.com. One of these days... I'm going to root for it to be Victor Davis Hansen. Remember him? No. Uh, refresh my memory. Excellent writer. Uh, we talked about him doing a piece on uh, cultural suicide is painless. Oh, Victor yes. Davis Hansen. We did it at the end of August. 
right. you know, when you burn a target in an hour, it takes months to realize there are no more neighborhood targets. You can, uh, you can in a night, assault the police, spit at them, hope to infect them with the coronavirus, and even burn them alive. But when you call 911 in a few weeks after your car is vandalized, your wallet is stolen, and your spouse is violent, and no one comes, only then do you sense that you earlier were voting for a pre-civilized wilderness. And he goes on and on and on. There's a piece... Uh, where did we see it? Uh, a piece in American Greatness, and and uh, I became a big fan of the writing of Victor Davis Hanson. And where I'm going with this is I'm rooting for some great thinker to clarify for me personally what America has done to the voting process. Uh, I, I just keep dancing around and saying, well, we fixed everything that wasn't broken. But what, what is really driving the urgency to get so many uninterested people to vote? What is driving the, uh, the urgency to expand uh, mail-in voting and extend deadlines for the reception of those ballots? What is driving that? And it would take a guy like Victor David Hansen uh, to... Victor Davis Hanson, to, I would love to see him take that on. Uh, I would love to see him take that on and explain to me why, the, or a guy named Gad Sad. Uh, G-A-D is his first name, and then S-A-A-D is his last name, Gad Sad. Uh, I stumbled across him at my brother's recommendation. He's an Iranian philosopher who lives in Montreal or Toronto, and uh, he's just, he's just a, a brilliant thinker. A, a wonderful thinker. And uh, what I want to know is, what in the world have we done? Here's the latest here. Minnesota's on pace to smash its old record for absentee voting, but what if you change your mind after returning your ballot? Well, in Minnesota, there's a way to do that. What? You can, you, you can change your mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No. It's known as the clawback. Minnesota voters who had a change of heart can go to their city or county election office, request a new ballot, and re-vote. You're kidding me. Kidding me? Hold on a second. There is a cutoff, however. The last day to get a new ballot is Tuesday, October 20, which gives election workers two weeks before the election day to process the absentee ballots coming in. Uh, If you live in Minnesota's 2nd Congressional District in the South Metro, this uh, opinion may be for you. In that can in that district, a candidate's death had triggered a state law forcing a special election in February. But on Friday, a federal judge ordered the election back to November. In the meantime, many people who returned ballots did not cast a vote in this race, thinking it would not count. If that is you, you can ask for a new ballot and re-vote. Again, the last day to claw back a ballot is October 20th, 14 days before election day. Okay, this is from a Fox 9 news piece. Here's my question. Uh, obviously, there's got to be some mechanism in place where you, where the original ballot you filed is then destroyed or uncounted, right? But, 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 but uh-huh. But uh, well, you can take your, you can, hey, I changed my mind. Then what the hell did you vote on September 20th for, you moron? Wow. Well, are there cases where this is legit? What if somebody passes and we well, that's what they're talking that. about it's, it's the green party guy or no uh yeah the, le- the weed legal guy. marijuana now party he, right. he he goes over and uh, uh i suppose many people had already voted for him for example and now they want a chance to uh to get a mulligan uh, it's incredible to me i just don't understand what what america has done with its voting process what used to be a charming uh, civic exercise uh 
in obligation has become a mishmash of confusion and mail-ins and clawbacks and uh, you get seven days in this state to count them after the election day. You get two weeks in this state. It's just nuts. It's nuts. And I need a deep thinker to t- explain it to me because I'm not. I'm pretty deep, but I, I I can't. I can't come up with it. I can only come up with guesses, basically, as to what's going on. Why do I keep getting texts from you, Reavers? Oh, I'm I'm responding to rookie. It's a group thing. I apologize. Uh huh. Sorry. What's he up to? Well, just he's up to no good. He's up That's to high. Right. He's up to hijinks. I think so. Oh, boy, I'm just reading about this clawback thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but how is this in any way going to benefit our our country? Th- this is complete nonsense. I think what we're saying, Chris, or what if I can read between the lines, what Such is saying is all this benefits the left. It does it, it does kill? it it does because. Uh, Sure, it it does because they might be tended to be more irresponsible, uh, generically speaking, uh, less likely to adhere to hard fast rules, yeah, uh, more likely to challenge the very existence of rules, and, and the so, get out the vote push that you referred to. The people that they're um, prophesizing to or, or uh, marketing to or whatever they're doing. You're saying, if I'm hearing you right, this maybe those people shouldn't be voting because they're uninformed, uneducated, don't have, couldn't care less about the political process or what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Well, that works for me. Now, that, that, that's, that's a great way to put it, yeah. There should be probably people that don't go into the voting booth. Going back to... Uh, it's their Mer- right to, but sure. they shouldn't. <laughs> Going back to Mayor Carter joining a consortium of uh, big city mayors endorsing Biden, yes, that's entirely predictable, and of course that's his uh, right to do so. But if you're a voter in St. Paul or Minneapolis, I-, I don't for the life of me understand why you're not asking yourself some serious questions. What is- St. Paul is, a, is, a, is an empty shell of its former self. Mm-hmm. St. Paul used to be one hell of a town 50 years ago. It's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. It's it's struggling. I drove through downtown just for the hell of it. Was it bank day? No, two Sundays ago. Oh, okay. Sunday. I didn't see a soul. There's there's no reason to be down there. What it, time of the day? Like oh, lunchtime? Two-ish, two-ish. Wow. And what would you attribute that to? Years and years and years of democratic rule is the first thing that would pop into my mind. That's what I'm attributing it to. Yeah, and their policies and taxation and whatnot has led to businesses going elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and you'd say it's not COVID-related or not the riots last spring-related, correct? Right. It was happening then before you go, that. You go across the river to the Mill City, and now the same thing is happening to their downtown. But it's all new and recent, correct? The bank I've been using for years no longer has its branch downtown that I used. Hmm. They just boarded it up. Got it. I don't even think and, it was that long ago, though, Joe, that you think it was a great town. I mean, I, my, my first summer living in the metro mm-hmm. was two th- the summer of 2001. I had just gotten done with school. And we lived in St. Paul, uh, just off the high bridge on, was it is that Cherokee Avenue? Yep. And downtown was f- fabulous that summer it was Mm -hmm. so much fun Mm -hmm. and it's gone 
I mean, it's absolutely gone. I went to that bank downtown only to keep my hand in downtown. Does that make sense? Sure. sure. I, I mean, I yeah. use that branch to keep up a physical connection with downtown St. Paul, where I worked for years and years and years mm-hmm. on uh, Cedar Street. And then the Pioneer Press moved across the river and has about a, a newsroom about the size of my garage. <laughs> my experience in downtown uh, was St. Paul was similar to Chris's, but it was the early 80s, mid-80s. Same thing. I was downtown St. Paul uh, just as much as I was downtown Minneapolis. A lot to do down there. A lot of fun was had. Well, I'm partial because that's where I grew up in St. Paul, so I'm partial to it. I remember when it was just one hell of a place. Busy and active and festive and crowded. And I'm about to make a huge leap here. Can you bear with me for 15 seconds? Is it called seconds? a leap or a link? A, a, a leap that could possibly be a link. All right. Ooh, bold. Do you attribute, because now I'm thinking, because 01, I mean, yeah, it was 19 years ago, but it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. When did we officially launch Light Rail? 2014. How much has that had to do with the demise of both of our downtowns? Because it makes it very easily easy for people to get from one side of town to the other for no cost whatsoever. It, and it was I would, fra- I would phrase it. I would phrase it differently. Okay. Uh, well, your your question was what? How? How much can we attribute the the launch of Light Rail to the decline? of the culture in both downtowns. I guess my phrase isn't that different. What I would say is, what in God's name is light rail accomplished to bring back commerce and bustle to downtown? Because it's done the exact opposite. And it's happening in Minneapolis. I never thought it would. I thought Minneapolis would survive decay, but it's not. No. It's not surviving decay. No. It's not. But isn't it all in Minneapolis? It's all recent, isn't it? It's the last six months, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. no, it's been longer than that. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, you're right. You've been bitching about the crime for the past couple of years and the increasing crime, but now it's just exploded tenfold. Yeah, it's exacerbated by the George Floyd death. Uh, uh, Minneapolis is rapidly in decline. Because rapidly. I, I started spending weekends working uh, downtown Minneapolis in August of 2015. And it was all right. It was still fine, but it just progressively got worse and worse and worse. That was a year after light rail began running yeah light rail began in june of 2014 wow. wow and i uh the cp and i went to the opening day the inauguration of light rail uh was to it ride. date night <laughs> yeah and <laughs> but that was fun and, but but by tw- hands? yeah by 2014 <laughs> the uh, city had fallen into such disrepair that the that the gathering grounds for this supposedly tremendous celebration of of the inauguration of light rail was a vacant lot uh, on about Fourth uh, and uh, oh, what the hell would it be? What's the block east of uh, Cedar? The block uh, east of Cedar. I don't know, maybe Minnesota. For, a vacant lot behind where the St. Paul Athletic Club is, for example. And, and it was dirt, it was barren, and no grass grew, and there was a tent or two up in a few places where you could get a brochure uh, describing light rail. That was it. It was, it was, a, it was a bust of a civic celebration. It, 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 it accomplished nothing in terms of, of, of saying what a grandiose thing we've got here. It's was never it been a block? grandiose thing. Was it between Kellogg and Forth on Minnesota? 
No, between between fourth and fifth. Okay. Between fourth and fifth. All right. So I, I know we're going to get a ton of email. I just looked it up. It, it's claiming on its Wikipedia page. I just looked up the Metro Blue Line because that was the first one that launched. And it's citing 2004. So, but what you're referring well, that's, to... that's the Hiawatha line. Okay. I'm referring to the Green Line. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify because I know we'll get emails. That was yeah, the June Hiawatha of, line. Go that ahead. was June of 2014. And the reason I remember it was a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. And it was... Uh, we had one of those rains of the century. We had one of those every 100-year rains. You're one of those guys that yeah. you only remember things if there's a weather yep. thing that goes with it. Um, well, because for the first time in my life where I currently live, we, we had water in our basement, and that's were never bo- happened. Were, you, wow. were your bones aching? Your old, tired bones aching? No. Your <laughs> no. rheumatitis acting up? No, no. Funny elbow. Uh, Chris, just like the Green Line brought crime to both downtowns, the Hiawatha Line is the one that brought crime to Mall of America. You're right. You are absolutely right. Yeah. Well, we have provided a great transportation system for people who are don't bent want to on pay. crime. Yeah. yeah, and who don't yeah. want to pay. Hey, have you noticed, oh. by the way, uh, the new uh, speed limits are taking effect in St. Paul and Minneapolis? <laughs> Twenty miles an hour. Are you uh, are you down with that, Uncle Joe? I got I got to admit, uh, well, because I, I I should be concerned because the next thing you know, it's going to be ten. You're but, right. Uh, but I, I, I tend to drive uh, poke around in urban areas anyway. I, I, I'm not terribly, I don't think my freedoms have been taken from me because I'm going to be asked to drive 20 on a residential street. I'm, all, I'm okay. I'm okay. You want to hear how back-ass words I am? If I'm alone and there's nobody behind me, yeah. I'll sometimes drive ridiculously slow. I mean, oh, me cruising too. speed, 20, me 25. You're in no hurry to get home? But one of the <laughs> things that really bothers me, I have some kind of internal issue, is I hate holding up traffic. So, so if I. there's somebody behind me, I crank it up. And if I'm going 10 over and the guy's still on my bumper, I go even faster because I there's just something about me. I hate holding people up. And when I get an opportunity, I get the hell out of his way. Ugh. By state statute, the speed limit on most urban residential streets defaults to 30 miles per hour. But state legislation that took effect last year allows cities to lower those limits without onerous street-by-street engineering studies and lengthy conversations with MnDOT. Uh, creating new speed limits below 25 miles an hour still requires technical analysis to make sure they're applied clearly and consistently throughout the municipality. Uh, in the Twin Cities, the new limits have already raised a bevy of questions with fans and foes alike. Will drivers respect the slower speeds? Will police enforce them? And is the current political and social moment the right time to ask authorities to pull over more people and hold urban communities accountable <laughs> for new funny. driving rules? Now, uh, not all St. Paul and Minneapolis will be held to the new 20 limit, which applies to most city-owned residential streets where speed limits had previously been set at 30. In fact, exceptions are numerous. Uh, in St. Paul, larger uh, arterial and collector collector city-owned streets, well, I don't know what that means, hmm. have already been posted at 25 as well as 30 or more in select areas. Okay. Uh, so this was done by the city councils in both uh, Minneapolis and St. Yeah. Paul. And they say, slower is safer, 20 is plenty. All right. And, and again, I should be upset, Kenny, because I know damn well, given the way these people operate, that tomorrow it's going to be 10. Right. 
And the funny thing about Minneapolis, if you're doing, if you're going down a street that's marked 20, 25, 30, and you're doing 10, 15 over, and you go past the police officer, they don't see you. <laughs> yeah. Can I? They, they could not care less. <laughs> I'm about to take a very anti GL stance, and I, I know oh. I'm going to get revoked here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with this. And here, here's why. I just said I was okay with no, it, no, but I shouldn't be. But, but, but I guess I'm. I'm okay with it because what they're trying to do is completely change be- behavior, right? Right. That's right. the whole intention because they know if it's 20, people will still drive 30, and that will still be safe. Does that make any sense? Sure. No. That, that, I don't think they think like that, though. Oh, no, they okay. don't think like that, Chris. They think like that because we've got to protect pedestrians and bicycle riders, and ah. it's part of the 2040 plan is to control everybody's life and density and the way people get around. Well, it's, it is it's another... Complete. It is another means of uh, going to uh, an automobile-free urban core. Yeah, that's that's exactly where this is headed. Is. Yeah, that's yes, true. That's exactly what it is. But but it's you're hard pressed to argue that I should be allowed to go thirty down a residential street where there could be kids darting in and out from car. I don't mind. I'll crawl. I'll crawl through a residential street. Right. Doesn't yeah. bother me, Same here. but I know damn well what these people think, and what they think is that they don't want cars in the first place. Right. But if you think I'm going to do 20 or 25 on, like, say, in South Minneapolis on 42nd or 38th or 46th or any of those, you can bite it back. <laughs> right. I right. am not doing 20. But aren't you- I'll do 35. I'll do 40. And you know what? No police officer is going to pull me over. They're too damn busy. But, Kenny, aren't you the same guy that took the freeway to go to a neighborhood about a block away? Yeah, I love that I story. To get to South Minneapolis over to Kenwood, I went up Hiawatha, got on 94, and took the Hennepin exit. Yes, I did. Right. The River Boulevard on the St. Paul side has been repaved between uh, Ford Parkway and about, uh, what's that street where KSTP always films off the bridge? That overlooks the fir- No, oh. no, right by the studio. Otis, right? Uh, is it Vandalia? Ray- Raymond? No, 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 it's not Vandalia. It's it's uh, either Raymond or, or Otis goes past the club. Does so? It's got to be Raymond. Smelling. But I know which one you mean. But yeah, and, and now that the pavement's really nice, you have to go slow. As before, when it was pockmarked, you had to go slow. Right, or you were going to wreck your your right. entire frame. It's, of your oh, car. it's the street so that nice. dead ends right next to the Lake Street Marshall Bridge. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that one. It's just pl- lovely. Cretan. Yeah, it is. I think it's it's Cretan. awesome. No, it's not Cretan. Cretan. It's not Cretan. Damn it. <laughs> Hold uh, on. I've got the map up. Get a right map now. for it. KSTP always really uses important? it. It's Pelham. 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 Yeah, I was saying Pelham. Come on, Pelham. <laughs> it Pelham. And we could do three hours on the bike lanes on Pelham. Oh, they crack me up. Oh, oh you'll so get as ridiculous. many as six or seven bikes a year use that. <laughs> yeah. That many. Yeah. yeah. And the occasional car, too. It's always fun when there's a fresh coat of snow and you can see how yeah, many you can people see the actually drive. They get inside the cones and drive in the bike lanes. You know, I took that route the other day from here because I had to you know, make my stop at Elevated because that's my secret route to get to Elevated. And I drove, drove through that stretch. And I saw about two dozen kids playing football in that park. 
that once you cross 94, what's that park that's right there on Pelham? Well, we've been through that before, too. That's true. Oh, I won't bring that, that up. Park, but it just uh, brought absolute joy to my heart. This, I think it was a Thursday afternoon. Your map's right there, Kenny. What's that What's that park? Oh, Pelham. I, I'm on the MnDOT map. It's not showing me what it is. Shoot, but yeah, right, I used I'm to drive by it. Look it up day, right. Take a break and look it up right now. Oh, okay. I want it's the name of that, that park. Important. No, I got it right here. Hold on, don't we don't need a break. I got. I want. I want. I want. Pelham, Pelham. Uh, University, St. Paul. Oh, good old St. Paul. And I'll tell you why this has come up before, Reavers. It was you who brought it up. What's the name of that park? All the ice is melting on the street. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I did Remember do that? that. I did do that. Now the streets a skating rink. It's. Uh, <laughs> Come on, what's the name of it? There's Raymond. Do, do boys, do. It's nowhere near Raymond, Reavers, you moron. Not near Raymond. It's over here on Old Wabash. No. Not Wabash. No, it's south of Wabash. Pelham. South of Wabash. Uh, Town and Country. Nope, it's north of that. Uh, F94. We're going to zoom in here. find it before me. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to find it. You can find it. This is why we no longer work on the radio. Right? This is why the this is why this show is now failing. This is it. People like this. They want to get a glimpse. Inside. No, take a break. You're driving me Des crazy. Desnoyer. Desnoyer. Desnoyer Park. The old recreation. Desnoyer. It's the, the silent S. Silent. Silent S. Denier Park. Denoyer, 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 Denoyer. He's going to make me edit this part out of the show. Denoyer and Pelham, this has no business being anywhere on a podcast, you moron. I would like to say hello to 875,000 people. How are you doing? We talk on the radio. Happy you're here? I got a treat for you coming up. What's that? Uh, Our friend Tom Lyman uh, in Mumbai, India, Mm -hmm. sent me a copy of... uh, Dwight Eisenhower's farewell address, January 17th, oh, 1961. Nice. And he was, uh, he was eerily prophetic, prophetic about what's taking place in the dear old United States of America. I, I, uh, you know, I never read a biography of Ike, but boy, he must have been a good thinker. Uh, he, he strikes me as an interesting guy, and I've never really, never really done much reading about him. Hmm. Served his country in war and peace. I watched uh, something fascinating. John, John retweeted some guy that was uh, a history buff about a month or two ago, and I ended up watching like a ninety-minute documentary of Ike touring. Um, uh, France and the countryside, and actually, it started over in England. Then he went across the Channel, and and they went to the beaches and the uh, cemeteries. And oh my God, it was so fascinating, hearing the words and seeing the words come right out of his face. It was one of the most interesting documentaries I've ever seen, shot in the uh, I'm going to say the very early '60s. Hmm. I'd love to see it. Yeah, uh, find out the name of it for me so I can find yeah. it. Yeah, you can do it. You'll, you'll yeah. figure it it's out. It's right next All to right. Desnoyer. All right, we're going to uh, uh, take a brief time out. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. The number five best new distillery, according to the USA Today, is our friends at Harmony Spirits. Thank you to all of you that voted for them. They really, truly appreciate it. I got a great note 
uh, from Jim. He's one of the owners at Harmony Spirits. He says, Reeves, we've got some scheduled tastings at the Total Wine stores as follows. So if you haven't made the jump yet to Harmony Spirits, here's your chance to sample their stuff for absolutely free. Uh, they're going to be at the Egan Total Wine, October 16th. What is that? Is that Friday? Yeah, that's Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. at the Maple Grove location, October 23rd from 12 to 4. Roseville, October 24th from 3 to 7. And Minnetonka, October 30th from 3 to 6 p.m. They're also going to put together some cool Facebook and Twitter posts about it as well. But if you haven't made the switch, you need to. The best handcrafted spirits made right here in our own backyard in beautiful Harmony, Minnesota. But here's what they would really, really like you to do. Walk into your local liquor store and ask for Harmony. Harmony Spirits by name. They truly appreciate the brand growth that all of you GLers have had a helping hand in doing. And you can also see their uh, their website for that tasting room and all the hours there at HarmonySpirits.net. And they appreciate the support from all of you here in Garage Logic. Uh, this is Ike's farewell address, January 17, 1961, the second warning. You'll recall we alluded to. Uh, General Eisenhower, President Eisenhower's uh, warning of a of the developing military industrial complex. Right. Uh, this is his uh, uh, part of that second. This is part of that same farewell address. The technological revolution during recent decades. In this revolution, research has become central. It also becomes more formalized, complex, and costly. A steadily increasing share is conducted for, by, or at the direction of the federal government. Today, the solitary inventor tinkering in his shop has been overshadowed by task forces of scientists in laboratories and testing fields. In the same fashion, the free university, historically the fountainhead of free ideas and scientific discovery, has experienced a revolution in the conduct of research. Partly because of the huge costs involved, a government contract becomes a becomes virtually a substitute for intellectual curiosity. For every old blackboard, there are now hundreds of new uh, electronic computers. Just a minute. Pause. What now? Oh, for God's sakes. Who's this to? What's, what's the name? Mark? Yeah. Okay, I'm signing a book here. Oh, signing a book live on the Garage Logic podcast. How much more GL does that give get? A, give her a mic. Yeah, let's her sit let's down. get her a mic. And yeah, she, she has, she has to run mic. this book back outside. Thoughts she can't from the CP. Sit down. Sit down. Anytime you want. Anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> love that love lady. It. Oh, I love it. Oh, God. <laughs> She's set up right at home. She doesn't have to go anywhere. Oh, can I resume? Here we go. Yeah, please do. In the same fashion, the Free University, historically the fountainhead of free ideas and scientific discovery, has experienced a revolution in the conduct of research. Partly because of the huge costs involved, a government contract becomes virtually a substitute for intellectual curiosity. For every old blackboard, there are now hundreds of new electronic computers. The prospect of domination of the nation's scholars by federal employment, project allocations, and the power of money is ever-present and is gravely to be regarded. Yet in holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite. Oh, Mm -hmm. my word. 
It is the task of statesmanship to mold, to balance, and to integrate these and other forces, new and old, within the principles of our democratic system, ever aiming toward the supreme goals of our free society. Another factor in maintaining balance involves the element of time. As we peer into society's future, we, you and I and our government, must avoid the impulse to live only for today, plundering for, for our own ease and convenience, the precious resources of tomorrow. We cannot mortgage the material assets of our grandchildren without asking the loss also of their political and spiritual heritage. We want democracy to survive for all generations to become, to come, not to become the insolvent phantom of tomorrow. Down the... Excuse me, I had a Roycey-like gas attack. Perfect health. Down the long lane of the history yet to be written, America knows that this world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate and be, instead, a proud confederation of mutual trust and respect. Such a confederation must be one of equals. The weakest must come to the conference table with the same confidence as do we, protected as we are by our moral, economic, and military strength. That table, though scarred by many past frustrations, cannot be abandoned for the certain agony of the battlefield. Disarmament with mutual honor and confidence is a continuing imperative. Together we must learn how to compose differences, not with arms, but with intellect and decent purpose. Because this need is so sharp and apparent, I confess that I lay down my official responsibilities in this field with a definite sense of disappointment. As one who has witnessed the horror and the lingering sadness of war, as one who knows that another war could utterly destroy this civilization which has been so slowly and painfully built over thousands of years, I wish I could say tonight that a lasting peace is in sight. Happily, I can say that war has been avoided. Steady progress toward our ultimate goal has been made, but so much remains to be done. As a private citizen, I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road. So, in this, my last good night to you as your president, I thank you for the many opportunities you have given me for public service in war and peace. I trust that in that service you find some things worthy. As for the rest of it, I know you will find ways to improve performance in the future. You and I, my fellow citizens, need to be strong in our faith that all nations, under God, will reach the goal of peace with justice. May we be ever unswerving in devotion to principle, confident but humble with power, diligent in pursuit of the nation's great goals. To all the peoples of the world, I once more give expression to America's prayerful and continuing aspiration. We pray that peoples of all faiths, all races, all nations— may have their great human needs satisfied, that those now denied opportunity shall come to enjoy it to the full, that all who yearn for freedom may experience its spiritual blessings, that those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibilities, that all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity, that the scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made to disappear from the earth, and that in the goodness of time, all people will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. Now, on Friday noon, I am to become a private citizen. I am proud to do so. I look forward to it. Thank you, and good night. Wow. Well, that was pretty good. Yeah. That was the... That was the template of the America that we know and understand that is the template of the America that is under attack by the mystery. The America he just described is the America that's under attack by the mystery. 
an attack uh, having been well underway for some time now. And I think it's not unreasonable to say that uh, President Eisenhower saw that coming. Uh, I, I think one of the greatest lines in this uh, piece is, Yet, in holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite. What, what, is, what is the COVID situation, if not that? Right. Yeah. We are a society held captive to a scientific and technological elite. Uh, which would be great if it worked. <laughs> we don't yeah, know. Right. We don't know if it's working. Mm. But uh, my God, the references to the Lord and prayer and responsibility. Uh, you don't hear anybody anymore that say, hey, your liberty comes with responsibilities. Well, imagine if that speech was given today. It would be absolutely torn to shreds. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't know that we have. There's not a political figure alive today that I can think of right off the top of my head who could have made this speech or who could have written it maybe eisenhower didn't write it but he had a hell of a writer who did uh name me somebody who could have written this today they would find it uh they would find it uh maybe yeah yes maybe maybe but they would find it antiquated the the people the people listening would find it antiquated and be dismissive of it well i have something similar that that could have been uttered by a political figure today Hmm. Would you who shut up, man? Listen, who? Yeah. Boy, we're a long, Eisenhower was a long way from that, wasn't he? <laughs> Jeez. Up, yeah. uh, uh, say, I mentioned that uh, Eisenhower um, on Normandy thing. It's from CBS Reports, 1964. It's called D-Day plus 20 years. Eisenhower returns to Normandy. And he did it with uh, Cronkite. And okay. uh, those two uh, just walked and talked alone. I sent the link to both you, uh, Such, and Reavers, hoping that Reavers will post it somewhere oh, yeah, so for the sure. yellers can see it, because it's fascinating. I'll do it right really now. Good. Yeah, I'm seeing it right now in the old... Uh, the old the Twitter. Old, the old emails. No, in the old emails. Ah, the old emails. <sighs> so during my youth, Eisenhower was the president okay. for eight years. Okay. 52 to 60. Uh, But I would have been too young uh, to have appreciated what he did. And I don't know, I don't often see Eisenhower referred to by the people I most like to read. Uh, George Will, Victor Davis Hanson, uh, others will come to mind. I, I, uh, he's certainly not a forgotten man. He was a very stalwart figure of american history but i i don't uh, i'm surprised somebody hasn't glommed onto that uh farewell address and and taken some lines out of it because it's a, he called it he called the shots that we're seeing now you know after i watched that uh that piece from cbs news it occurred to me that whatever he p- faced as a president didn't even come close to what he faced as a general Mm-hmm. And calling the shots, and particularly the decision to send all those boys uh, over the channel over to uh, France. Yeah, yeah. The incredible responsibility resting solely on his shoulders. Were he and Churchill fast friends? They had to be. 
they were in constant be. communication. Yeah, yeah, along with Monty, and uh, you know the rest. You know that Churchill wanted to go across the channel on one of the boats, and he was forbidden to. Yeah, that's just <laughs> swaggering, isn't it? That's, that's ballsy. Yeah. yeah, and he would have to stop halfway to have a bath because he had to have two baths a day. He had to have one in the afternoon and one in the evening, and he'd have a cigar that. and a cocktail with him. Oh God, well, what, what a character! Didn't he- didn't he use toilet paper? Why do you need a bath twice a day? I don't know. I don't know. Just part of his quaint charm that you just ruined with that sophomoric <laughs> remark. That's God why almighty. That's, 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 why that's right. So that's you mean he, right. he wasn't the kind of guy that would use a, a wound-up ball of soap that's been in his garage shed for about 15 years? Like another I, guy I know? I, I, I cleaned it off somewhat. <laughs> you actually Before found I, some soap, huh? Well, I, I didn't have any soap in the house when I moved in, so oh. I went searching and I found some at the laundry sink out in the shop, and uh, it of course looked like it had been in the shop for a couple of years. Oh, you know that uh, pre-show so. conversation we had a couple of weeks back. I uh, I fire that bad boy up when I'm having a bad day and just uh, you just tape laugh. that. Well, it was part of the show. I didn't I didn't post it, but I kept it for myself because it brings my heart joy. Well, after this show, I want you to play it for me. Okay. No, I want to hear it no. again. So yes, great. I do. So uh, uh, GLers, what we're talking about is uh, pre-gaming. <laughs> Before we went on, we were uh, we were learning of, of Kenny's uh, move uh, to the great Northland and how unprepared he was. <laughs> and uh, we had a great deal of sport with that. Oh. It's right up there where that can get you a sign. Oh, it's, it is. Yeah, yeah. Com- complete with profanity as well. Oh, I think day yeah, yesterday, yeah. I finally moved the uh, patio furniture out of the foyer and into the kitchen. Oh, there <laughs> you go. So There you go. <laughs> I got to, He's uh, having a beach I'm, day. I'm making yeah. steps. I still haven't bought a garbage can. I just hang the uh, bag from... One of the uh, one of the drawers. There. Oh God! <laughs> See, this is what, and this is the kind of conversation GLers that was oh, happening, oh. and then we lit into him something fierce. Oh, so, God, I love yeah, it. I gotta go, fellas. Look, Goodbye. Can we wrap this up. What about yeah, Mumbai? Do we have anything from yeah. Tom? Well, wasn't yeah, that Eisenhower's that? speech. Yeah, the Eisenhower. But right. but, okay, uh, but I want to say too that uh, we wouldn't be here without Grunhofer's old fashioned meats That's and right. That's right on Highway 61, oh. right at the north end of Hugo. It's uh, it's metertainment. Metertainment. We coined a phrase. It's metertainment. It's where you get the it's where you get the Philly patties and the meatloaf and the bacon and the ham and the steaks and the sliders and the rookie burgers and the jerky and the chicken and the salmon. It goes on and on and on. It's G. Eller's place for metertainment. And uh, to the point where uh, 2,500 additional square feet or being added on to even improve the tremendous products and the tremendous service we've all grown to expect from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Another great grilling night tonight, it looks like. And we might even luck out on one more tomorrow before the temperature turns cool, but not cool enough to keep GLers from their grill cooking up oh. Grunhofer's brats and what have you. Fall grilling is the best yeah. grilling of the yeah. entire calendar year. Right. Come on. No, I mean, even if it gets down into the 40s or 30s, That's you can even grill. better. That's yeah. nothing. Let's Just make sure you're grilling the greatest products, which come from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. How's that sound, bro? Hey, All right, gentlemen. Kenny, get to frats and get yourself a garbage can. You know? Oh, that's brilliant. I will be driving right by the frats on Lake Street later this afternoon. There well, then go. get in there and take care of your essential needs. Thank and you. get some Good soap. Idea. Yeah, get some soap. <laughs> yeah. 
and also I still have bought shampoo. It's still so. Oh my god! Using soap. He's using hair. lava soap to wash his hair. <laughs> and also, don't forget to download the Pod MN app, and please do us a favor and rate and review the Pod M app. Pod MN app. Not the part about the Neuer Park today, though. Don't no, rate that. No, don't do that part. We'll catch <laughs> you tomorrow. Yeah.